I'm so thankful to have Agnieszka joining us on The Hoist today. Welcome, Agnieszka. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. Thank you. How was your uh, recent show in Sydney, um, playing this song live for the first time? How did that feel? Yeah, the show was really special. I've, you know, I've done quite a few shows, but I feel like that show in particular, um, I don't know, I was able to create this really intimate energy in the room. And I think Divine was probably the most special moment out of the whole night. Um, There was just so much quiet and peace in the room and everyone was very fixated. And when I spoke to the audience afterwards, like people who came, they said they really felt like they elevated in that song or they kind of went to another world. So I think um, that's obviously very special as an artist to hear that. I'm assuming that may have been one of the, have you played that record before when you've played live or was that the first time? That was the first time. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a recent discovery. I was reading that you sat down with your guitarist and it kind of just came flowing out. And I feel like one of the ideas in the record is that idea of being open to receiving. And I feel like if you're an artist that must be a really important thing, you know, not leaving up those barriers and pushing away those creative ideas. Was that what it was like? You felt it just flowing through you? Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, um, I was sitting with my guitarist in my living room and because that song is very personal and was written about, you know, something I was actually going through at the time, I think I was very open to receiving whatever was coming through in that moment. I just felt like, I needed to get it out. And I think as artists, we always do feel that way. We have something we want to express, uh, but I'd never felt it to that extent where I was like, I just was bubbling and I needed to needed to write and it just all came out so quickly um, and so effortlessly and everything just felt really right about the song. Yeah, it kind of, I know you're a big fan of like Alicia Keys and it reminds me of, you know, some of her earlier stuff in like, you hear stories about the writing process and she just lays stuff down in the studio and then it ends up on the album, you know, just in like first take form. And (laughs) I think that's really, I don't know, you know, one thing that I also was noticing when I was listening to this record and, you know, I'm sure the listeners are going to take this away too. you, You have really great vocal control. And when you're attacking this song with those kinds of like airy breathy tones, I can imagine that would be, would be really difficult, but it's so classic R&B, isn't it? <laughs> like what, what was playing around the house when you were, were growing up? Was it this kind of music? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, a lot of Alicia Keys was played, um, a lot of Lauren Hill. I grew up on a lot of Bob Marley as well, uh, Michael Jackson, Erica Badu. So I feel like those classic, um, obviously, female R&B singers that I've mentioned, but Mariah Carey was also another one. But, um, yeah, it's funny how you, thank you for saying that, by the way, but with Divine, the vocal control, because when I recorded it, I recorded that song in my in my room, actually, not in a studio, mm. and I felt like I just needed to be really raw and authentic, and I felt like my room was a safer space for me to get this out. And I was so emotional because the I recorded the vocals about a few days after I'd seen this person and um, he'd chosen to walk his own path. So I had to get all this out um, in a very emotional and vulnerable state. And I remember just kind of crying mid-take and then having to stop and then having to restart. And, and I was nervous that I wouldn't 
the vocals wouldn't be perfect um but I felt like I was just gonna put it out there as it as it is and and whatever happens happens and I kind of just went with it at the end how many of those vocal run choices when you're recording the song are are purposeful versus how many just kind of come out flowing you know what I mean like how jazz musicians are just (laughs) improvise and (laughs) you can kind of hear the history in the music you know what I mean yeah um I think with that particular song yeah there was no there was no um thought process to the runs it was very much just emotion and letting it come out as it wanted to and then you know listening back on the takes and kind of being like it's one of those songs where I didn't have to do a lot of comping um I just kind of was like that just feels how it should be and and kind of left it like that because it was a lot of emotion um whereas in other songs you know I may do more comping or may hear a run in a certain way that will fit perfectly in that part of the song so this was a really different process I feel yeah and I I love that you you know shout out some of those icons of you know like Erica Badu and obviously Alicia Keys like female R&B icons are there individuals you're watching in the world right now that you're kind of maybe you know growing up with that are like I know you love Cleo Soul for example she's incredible that you're listening to and on your playlist like do you feel like there's a bit of a scene even in Australia coming through for that kind of music yeah for sure I mean you mentioned Cleo Soul who's a very very talented artist and I look look up to her music um, listen to her music a lot she's very authentic and I feel like I relate to that a lot especially with her lyrical content and where she goes um, obviously there's you know Snow Allegra, Alina Baraz, Sabrina Claudio I feel Victoria, Victoria Monet is another one I love um, I feel like yeah there's a whole new scene emerging um, I think in Australia you know Ms Tandy and Mena Doe from Sydney are also artists I really admire in the R&B scene and I think there's, yeah, there's a new wave of R&B that's coming. It's very different to the classic R&B, which is, you know, the Alicia Keys, Erica Badu and all that we mentioned, but uh, music evolves and it's it's great to see strong female artists stepping up and and exploring their vulnerability in, in ways. I think it's really inspiring to see that and not being afraid to do that because I think R&B and urban music in general has been, the past I'd say a few years it's been hard for people to step into their vulnerability it's been a lot of I don't know talking about singing about everything else so it's nice to see that come through now yeah do you think that music's like uplifted and and celebrated in the Australian music scene I think I I mean I, I think that there are certain genres that are very championed and very celebrated I personally feel like where I sit in the R&B soul genre, it's there's still some some way to go. Um, I'm obviously very thankful that I'm still seen and uh, p- people like my music and I'm still being heard, but I feel like, uh, yeah, I think there's still some way to go to really champion the R&B soul scene, you know, s- songs that like Divine that aren't um, radio bops or aren't um, upbeat but to really take a moment to be quiet and to go just inwards, I guess, sometimes, or or to be with your friends or a loved one and just kind of listen and chill. So I think there's definitely a very big place for that music in the world. But uh, I think in Australia, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good point on like reflection and, you know, 
healing your your inner soul <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> is there is there like a space or an environment physically that you go to to draw inspiration and possibly like reconnect with yourself when you're wanting to find that creative you know incubator <laughs> or whatever uh I really like to be in nature I think um you know whether it's a really nice park or or by the ocean that that really calms me and I read somewhere that's you know staring at the ocean does actually calm you um so I think just being in nature away from you know an enclosed um space and also the busyness because I live very close to the city in Sydney and sometimes it can feel very hustle and bustle um and just yeah being somewhere that's very expansive I think can reflect the expansiveness we have within us that we're often very scared to to be with I think a lot of us a lot of the times I mean I feel like I've stepped out of that space now and I'm very comfortable in my own company and being quiet but a lot of us can be very scared to be by ourselves or to really take time to get to know ourselves and I think that's once you step over that hurdle and you start to be comfortable within yourself it's a really yeah it changes your life yeah I saw this wonderful clip of uh, one of your live shows and you've you're joined by these two other women who are kind of dancing around you and it's it's like mm. um and then you know you start killing it you've got this really nice colorful skirt on and is that like uh Sega dancing is that kind of your Mauritian background coming through on stage do you feel proud to represent that culture in your performance definitely that was probably one of the best moments of my entire life because I I dreamt of doing something like that since I was a kid I've wanted to I've known I've wanted to be an artist since I was a kid and that was something I'd always dreamt of doing and last year I released my EP Human and when I planned my EP launch at Mary's Underground in Sydney I really was like nope I'm going to do this I'm going to show everyone what Sega is what just kind of immerse them into my Mauritian culture because we are far away from Mauritius and not everyone here knows about my island or my culture and yeah we we planned we practiced for weeks we um got the whole routine down and came up with it ourselves it was my sister and uh, my cousin who who did it with me and um it was so special just on the night like stepping off that stage and like handing my mic to my backing vocalist and then just dancing for the end of it and getting everyone immersed in it and um yeah I mean culture uh, Mauritian culture is so enriching so it was beautiful to be able to share that with you know the Australian culture which is also part of me yeah, and I hear you co-hosted a, a radio show when you were when you were over there. Um, <laughs> how do you think they like celebrate their culture and music differently in Mauritius compared to Australia? I mean, you know, Sega music, um, it, it's rooted in, you know, it goes back a very long time and it's rooted in the days of slavery when music was the their only form of expression, their only way of uh, connecting with each other. So I think the fact that it's rooted in something so um, important, it, it translates, even though it's many, many years later and, you know, Mauritius is such a beautiful, diverse, but it's very embracing of all cultures. So I think for them, you know, Mauritius is a kind of place where you'll be walking down the street and you will hear someone, like a group of people just playing Sega. 
uh, or you'll be at the beach and you'll hear it too. You'll just see pockets of people always playing music, uh, dancing, um, connecting. You'll hear music constantly everywhere around. So I feel like it's very ingrained in our culture. Um, any Mauritian will, will be able to tell you that. I think that's the main point of difference. So obviously, you know, in Australia, we are very music orientated as well, but we, we, you won't hear it walking down the street. Like it's, it's a cultural expression over there. So I think that's the main difference. Yeah, I, well, I'd love to play some Mauritian music on the show after our conversation. Are there some yeah, sure. uh, artists that you're you you really like look up to in that scene at the moment? You know, in that seg Sega scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it? Um. Sorry, no, you go sorry. ahead. No, 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 no. You go. You go. Um, like, cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some Mauritian artists that I really admire at the moment and also older artists. Um, you know, we've got our own version of, of Bob Marley in, in Mauritius. His name is Kaya. He unfortunately isn't, you know, alive today, but um, his music lives on. And that's, I think, a staple for all Mauritians. We all grew up listening to his music. He speaks a lot of truth uh, in Kayole. But, um, yeah, I'd love to to share some of that with you all. Yeah, no, please do. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll play it a little bit as well. Um, I, you know, one thing I also felt when I was listening to Divine, and I think all of your music as well, and something that I think really connects it, you know, in a really great way you know obviously I know I know you did singing lessons you know quite a bit and you've kind of refined <laughs> refined the vocals and that comes through as well but you know we were talking about this idea of vulnerability and being vulnerable in your music and connecting with people and I feel like there's a just reading online and listening to what people have been saying about the songs it, it's connecting with the right audience you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I hear people say this a lot it's like yeah, you know, we can make pop music and whatever, but I think things will find their way to the right audience in time. And that's the wonderful thing. You know, we can share stuff online and obviously on the radio. How have you found the response, like at shows, meeting people that are fans of your music? Have you had some, some emotional conversations with people that have reacted in that way to the tracks you've put out? Yeah, I have. And I think that's what's helped me to really stay true to what I want to make and, you know, putting my authentic self into my music. I think when I released Presence um, back in 2021, that was the first song I put out that really reflected the kind of music I wanted to make and um, the messaging that I was starting to to put out and I was really scared but that song was received well and it started me on this journey and I often you know get messages online from people saying you know your music has helped heal to this part of me or has helped me open up or um and those conversations to me mean a lot because I'm naturally a very deep person and a very open person and now I feel after Divine very comfortable in my vulnerability too. So even at the show recently when people came up to me afterwards and said, I think someone came up to me in particular and said, watching you sing Divine and being present here for this has really opened my heart up to love. And, I mean, that's so powerful. Um, you know, music aside, just on a human-to-human -human level to have 
helped it, this person on their journey to open their heart up um, to something as beautiful and important as love to me is like, well, this is why I do what I do and I want to continue to be able to do that. And it's crazy that I get to do it through my music. Yeah, outside of, you know, the the vocals in the songs, are there kind of purposeful choices you think you're making like in terms of string arrangements, you know, like at the end of Divine, you're just singing it over this, I don't know how many strings you, you guys set up for that, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just picturing, you know, at the opera house, you know what I mean? Just have all these visions, you know. Um, I think there's like a real beauty. Even, look, even in some of the stuff you're doing in the vocals in Divine, you know, it kind of sounds a bit like angels <laughs> in the background. That's my interpretation of it. Um, yeah. Are, are you are you thinking about like, these are the drums and I want the drums to feel a certain way or, you know, come from th this part of me culturally or the guitar, you know, the sound of the guitar has to sound this way or the string arrangement. Can you talk to me a little mm -hmm. about the process of building those instrumentals. Yeah, I think uh, I think with all of my music, I've been very intentional with how I wanted it to sound, um, you know, it, whether it is going back to some of my older stuff, you know, one or two years ago with my EP, like Presence and True, um, Human last year was the same because that was the first time I put my Mauritian culture into it with the the Raban, which is a traditional Mauritian drum. So I was very specific when I when I was in the studio with Chelsea, Chelsea Warner, who produced that one, saying like this is how I want it to be. And you know, working with her. I think Divine was I the first time I was very, very specific. Uh, because I wrote it with my guitarist, as we mentioned. So there was just a, an acoustic track and my voice on the demo. And I took it to my friend Jared Jeremiah and I said to him, look, I would really love for you to put some production onto here, but I, I do want full autonomy and I want full control. It's not going to be one of those, you know, both of us kind of see what we want. I'm like, I know exactly how I want it to sound. And he was great. He really listened. He knew my story as well. He kind of been through my journey with me with this person. So he understood the, the importance of it, I guess, and the emotion behind it, which helped. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was very specific. I was like, he put some, he put a drum pattern or beat that, just I was like, that's too intense. We gotta, we gotta simplify this completely. And he was like, really? And I was like, yes, take it out, take it out, take it out. Wow. And we spent two or three Zoom sessions because he's in Perth and I'm here. Um, I told him like, you know, he put a pad in, and I was like, no, we gotta put some more pads in there, and I want it to be euphoric here. And um, thankfully, like, it just all worked out so perfectly. And I did kind of the the crux of the song, or like the foundation of the song, was already there. So he really beautifully built around that to amplify things and listen to me because all the harmonies the angelic vocals like you're saying they were all there to begin with I just I had already put that all down so there was definitely a lot of um, intention behind the production and the instrumentation in that song to make sure it was subtle enough but still had something to it to kind of give it a bit more oomph and and build on that emotion a bit more yeah i mean it flows really well the record you know I, I think it's i think it's really great thank you i wanted to wrap our our chat today and ask you something that i often ask people when they come on the show and you know at sin we have quite a large uh, listener group of people who are you know like 12 to 26 and they're young people a lot of people are musicians or artists or you know at that stage in their life where they're trying to find 
mentors or people to look up to, you know, or kind of things to to feel represented in. What would your advice be to people who are in that stage in their life? I think, you know, it can seem really daunting to do what you love in this world sometimes. So I feel like if you feel like you really love something and you're passionate about it and you know that this is what you, what you want to do, don't don't steer away from it. It's it's there for a reason. Like the fact that you feel so strongly about it, definitely go for it. That's number one. And number two, have the right people around you. I think the wrong people can really steer you in the wrong direction, whether it's someone, you know, if someone tells you you're not good enough or, you know, don't listen don't listen to any of that I think being open to constructive criticism is really important if someone says hey you're talented I think you could really work on this part of your vocal or this part of your production or whatever it is that you want to do it's really important to be able to hear that and not feel like they're shutting you down if the person you can kind of tell when someone's a good person that wants to kind of help versus someone who's just trying to reject you and put you down so I think being conscious of that and starting your journey, really working on your self-belief, because this is a very hard industry as well. Um, You will get a lot of knockdowns, but you'll have moments where your doors will open. And I think really believing that the right doors will open. And like we said earlier in the chat, the right people will, will hear your stuff or the right people will come into your life. That's been the biggest lesson for me, just really trusting in yourself and your art and reminding yourself why you're doing it. I think if you're doing it for fame or for clout, then it's, it's yeah, it's not going to be a long, a long career. But um, if you're doing it because you want to connect with people and because you really love music, then it will happen. You just got to keep at it. It can be a long journey, but it will happen. Yeah, no, I love that. Beautiful words to end on. Thank you for sharing that. I was really intently listening. <laughs> Over here, trying to take taking mental notes myself. You know. Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna roll into some uh, Marisha music that Alessia is gonna send to me after this chat. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Agnieszka. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. <laughs>